0: We live in a noisy world, constantly having things to do, devices at our fingertips, but most importantly, there's noise in our heads, our own thoughts. Learn how to use the power of silence to train your attention to work for you. I'm Sheree Funis with Dr. Kevin Majors. This is The Golden Hour. Welcome to another conversation about all things optimal work. My name is Sharif Yunus. I'm here with Dr. Kevin Majors. Welcome. Hello. This episode, we want to talk about mindfulness. So this is a pretty common topic these days. You have multiple billion dollar startups, uh, all teaching mindfulness to the world. Um, so what are they really doing? Um, no, so, so, uh, so we want to talk about, you know, what mindfulness is, what the point of it is, some misconceptions, some of the different types of mindfulness. But I think, Kevin, you would agree with us that mindfulness, especially in today's world, can have, provide profound benefits. To Absolutely.
1: Anybody. Yeah, I think that we live in such a noisy world you know, that is driven by ambitions to possess things. So it's very consumerist. It's very much about, um, grasping and manipulating and, you know, it sees everything as like a machine. All those, all those things are the opposite of mindfulness. Yeah. It's like the, it's all do, do, do. Mindfulness is all about being. And it's about learning to attain silence and to let go of possessing anything right now and just be in the present moment. And so people get this feeling when they first start trying to do mindfulness that they are not doing anything, and, they, and they, get, they get frustrated by it. And that's like a very good sign that they're, that's healing for them. So if mindfulness is hard for you to do, then you're especially, I think, in need of doing it. Yeah. And so you can try right now. Calm your mind, bring silence to your thoughts, and don't move for 30 minutes and see how challenging it is. (laughs) So (laughs) I think people find that challenging, but uh, we all need it though.
0: When I started, I found it extremely difficult because I would just have new thoughts pop into my mind every five seconds.
1: Exactly. And And I think, you know, it might be that like, you know, if you were um, a shepherd you know, you know, 1800 years ago in, in the, the, yeah. you know, the, the fields of Ireland, um, you might have had perfect silence in your thoughts without needing to do anything special. Yeah. But, you know, you probably would have also gotten your muscles and your heart in really good shape without any running regimen or calisthenics. Mm-hmm. And so many times, in the, like when you look at the older way of life, yeah, so a lot of those people, they didn't need physical exercise because they were getting it. And they probably didn't need as much mindfulness because they were getting it. There was so much silence in life and their view of the world was as something that was living, filled with life, with things with natural forms and ends, and all of this, you know, has directed to ends, you know, that were transcendent. And so they had the goods that mindfulness helps us to get. But for us, I think, especially in the modern metropolises of the West, I think that learning how to practice silence is precisely what we need. And I I always just say it's the same thing as silence.
0: Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah. So so there, maybe it's good to get a clear idea of what what we're really talking about. So one way of that you've so I've heard two kind of types of definitions. One is uh, or, or just in this conversation, I mean of uh, silence in your mind, um, awareness of just being, which I assume when you're when you're just aware, or I know uh, when you're just aware of being, that creates uh, an interior silence, so those yeah. are the same, the same type yeah. of thing um, in other um, maybe if you look at something like headspace, one of the practices that you do is watch your own thoughts or scan your body. Or pay attention to all the sounds around you, or so it's there's a kind of idea of of being aware of the senses. Um, Mm -hmm. So, what's the relationship between that and the idea of silence? And is one better than the other, or are they just very different types of things? Or
1: Mm -hmm. so one okay. One thing is which is interesting about mindfulness is, um, it you don't just need the thing that you're aware of, but you also obtain a kind of awareness of your awareness to know, am I keeping my awareness on this object? It could be the breath, let's say. You know, am I keeping the awareness on my breath or is it moving to other things? So if your awareness continually moves to other things, you wanna be able to bring it back. Mm -hmm. And so that exercise of meta-awareness is part of the essence of mindfulness which is why getting distracted isn't a bad thing because it builds up that higher meta awareness power mm. it's kind of like when you're when you know people are dealing with anxiety they have to get this kind of awareness of how am I viewing this am i praising this as a threat or an opportunity so that they can then deliberately do it it's like a you know, metacognition right so there's this like sense of transcendence where we transcend ourselves we transcend our own psychology to be a bit of, of an observer of it Mm-hmm. And so there is that sense you know, that you're always, no matter what you're practicing with mindfulness, even mindfulness of your own thoughts, just like kind of noticing things in your mind coming and going, where you're building up an awareness that kind of gets you a little bit removed from the, you know, the process of your own thoughts. And that can be really good for people to learn how to do so headspace puts a lot of emphasis and and, and rightly so for what they're trying to do um, on getting people to get a little bit unstuck from their thoughts and but I think it's not the most powerful form of mindfulness I see mindfulness and its power is coming from the what you are attending you know and how close is it to you yourself uh, and so like how immediately are you experiencing it? So if you're listening to things, you know, you're listening to like listening to a recording of an orchestra, it's a, it's more removed in a way yeah. than listening to the orchestra itself. Right. Which is now a little more immediately there. I think it's much more like the tension gets much more wrapped when you're, yeah. when the orchestra is actually there right now, doing because yeah. the being of the thing is more present yeah. to you. Yeah. But nothing is more present to you than your own being. So that your very own existing is the thing that's closest to you. And there are these three things that, that always go together, which is your breath, your life and your act of existing, the very being that you have. And those things are all the same fundamentally your breath is your life is your act of being so being aware of one you, so you can be aware of the breath in the chest you can be aware of the breath in the whole body which is the life of the body and you can be aware of your knowing that you know which is now you body and soul the whole thing you know in your act of being and the more aware you are of your very existing one unique thing that happens is the more it starts to feel like an effect, like it's being there, it's being made there right now. And I think that awareness is actually the very height of mindfulness. You know, that you, to experience that you are not in some sense, you know, the source, uh, but you are sourced. Yeah. And I think that's actually how, you know, mindfulness leads to humility that you know all that we are in <clears throat> some way we've received all the good that's in us, everything that's in us, in some way it's being received. And you could say by who you know, and people will discuss that, but that it is being received, I think is possible for everyone to see.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're not a solipsist, just to be clear, you don't think the whole world is a projection of your own mind.
1: Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a solipsist and yeah. Okay. At all, but I, I'm I'm a I'm a metaphysical realist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I do really exist, you know. Yeah, but that that you know, but I'm not the source of that somehow. Right, right. But just the awareness of that, like our our, and I think that this is like something that takes a long time of practice before people can actually get aware of it. Mm-hmm. The breath it doesn't take much practice at all. Right. But the but start. the life. Yeah, that's a real start. And then the life of the whole body is not that much harder. But then the awareness of being goes to another level. Because it even includes your knowing and attending and willing. Mm -hmm. All those things are like part of it. Mm -hmm. And it brings the most profound silence. See, if I used to do these, and I do it still, but with with patients, I'll ask them to um, put their arms straight up in the air as a sign that their thoughts are in the present moment and then just wait for the next thought to show up. And if the thought is from something about the future, to move their arm palm down, and if it's something from the past, palm backwards. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be there just aware of how this is going, and I'd have them label their thoughts. And you see this constant flapping as new thoughts would be coming in. So that is an interesting thing to see that Because it allows you to then have people try to hold their thoughts in the present moment. And you can just observe how successful they are. And if I just tell people, now I want you to hold your thoughts in the present moment, find a way. 95% of them, what they do is they try to be listening for the sounds around them and use sounds to anchor them. Mm -hmm. But they still would be reporting with their hands, constant thoughts coming in. But when I would tell them now try using your breath, And with your breath, try to anchor yourself in the present moment. And then there's a radical decrease in the number of thoughts they would have. So just by my experience with patients, you can see that the breath is very powerful at holding your attention in the present moment. And, And it's kind of deeper neuroscience. That's what mindfulness does. It's a pure activation of task attention. The thoughts that come into your head are from default attention. And so when you, the more mindful you are, the more task attention gets turned on, the more the background thoughts should start going more quiet. Now they'll never be totally quiet. Although apparently people can go up to half hour with not a single thought coming from the default mode. (laughs) Um, and when you're in flow, that actually naturally happens. Uh, So there is this interesting thing that, that the breath holds you in task attention very well. I think it's because it's the sense of touch the sense of hearing, the sense of sight, they're just more like they're, I don't know they're, they're less tangible. Yeah. There's something with the sense of touch, touch, like you're like, it rivets your attention in the present moment.
0: Right. You're like directly experiencing being more musical. You
1: are in a sense. Yeah. And it's not like a notional thing. Like, Oh, I'm hearing a bird in the tree somewhere. Yeah. But see, you're actually there like in contact with the other being or your own being.
0: Right. Okay. So, uh, Kevin, last question here. So two questions, actually. All right. They're, they're closely related. So one is that, um, people might associate mindfulness with a particular religious tradition or think that mindfulness isn't part of their religious tradition. So how would someone, how would you recommend someone go about navigating that question? And then very closely related to that is, um, what's like the status of mindfulness in the sci- in scientific research and community. And is it, so it's, is it kind of accepted as just a practice independent of, of a particular religious tradition through scientific studies of the way the brain works?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are um, the, the first question is uh, that well, so mindfulness is certainly like a practice that developed more in the east but there are things very much like it in the west Um, and nowadays what we're talking about with mindfulness is simply attending to one thing like the breath and holding your attention there i see that as having very little um like Dogma component involved with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's it's simply an attentional practice mm-hmm. um, there's another attentional practice which is not mindfulness, but is kind of similar and it's if you um you can listen to tracks that have multiple sounds playing, you know and it could be there's like a traffic sound and there's a storm sound and there's a waterfall sound, you listen to them all at the same time, and you simply try listening to only one track like only the waterfall, they ignore everything else. So it's a selectively abstracting one sound from the rest. Now that's not mindfulness. It's a different thing. It's still a very interesting attention training exercise.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And something called metacognitive therapy, that's one of their main things is this attention training exercise. And for 1999, I think you can get the track and <laughs> that they use and they teach people, but you can also make it with any noise mixer that, um, the one I use is uh, white noise, ambience light, which is free. Mm-hmm. And then you can you can. so if you want to try it now, what's pretty cool about it is it really does make it easier to engage work. If you practice it for five minutes or 10 minutes, it's just a selective kind of working out of intentional muscle. Mm-hmm. So, I would say that's the way I see mindfulness basically is it's really about this attentional muscle that you're practicing. Um, But it does get you in touch with breath and life and being, you know, and so I think it is uh, open to spirituality, but doesn't impose any sort. But particular teachers of mindfulness may be, may try to use it to kind of, get a certain spirituality conveyed, but not all of them do. Mm -hmm. And you can, and you can find good practices, you know, mindfulness of the breath on YouTube that are, you know, perfectly simple, you could say. And the other thing is on optimal work itself, we have like these instructions on how to do it. So if you do a golden hour, you'll see our instructions. That's basically all you need. And to do that, um, for 10 minutes or 20 minutes is very powerful or even if it's, you know, three minutes before you do a golden hour. Mm -hmm. Still, if you're doing that a few times in the day, that really does add up. And so I think mindfulness can be done all at once, you know, but it can also be interspersed right before golden hours.
0: Yeah. So then just real quick for someone just starting out, what would be like a good practice for them to do like a time in the morning?
1: Well, I would say even if it's three minutes before golden hour and to actually use the one and there what i'm telling people to do is to inhale for four seconds gently hold for two exhale for four seconds and then kind of hold it for one or two seconds again and you don't want to be counting in your head though you want to just you want just to be feeling the sensation you know and as much as much as you can let the breath happen on its own once you kind of slow it down a bit feel the sensation of the breath in the chest expanding the chest like a balloon as you inhale getting a little more taut and then exhaling effortlessly you don't want any effort on the exhale at all so and if you do it starts changing how the body how the body operates actually i'll I'll, i know you can ask me i'll I'll show you this in a in a video that uh and when um when people are just sitting there their heart rate has no particular pattern they kind of will hover you know some resting level Uh, the uh but there's no real pattern when you look at the heartbeat you know microsecond to microsecond Mm -hmm. it's uh but the moment a person turns on mindfulness you see this profound pattern emerge where now right as they exhale their heart rate plummets as the parasympathetics turn on and then when they inhale it goes back to normal and then when they exhale it plummets again and when they inhale it goes back to normal and so with mindfulness turned on parasympathetics with practice immediately turn on and it causes a very profound change in how the heart beats so that now there's a slowing as you exhale maybe by 30 beats a minute and then an increasing as you inhale. That's just a sign of much more profound changes happening within the brain. Again, there's this cascade of changes that occur with the whole parasympathetic nervous system. Even your immune system seems to be activated by this. So, and cortisol levels get lowered and there, there are all these effects you know, of, of that. Um, but just seeing how profound the sine wave is of the heartbeat once you turn on mindfulness you know and uh, how powerfully it activates parasympathetics it's pretty impressive, I think so so I think that just seeing the physiology of mindfulness makes it easier to see okay, this is you know a practice that you know like I don't know maybe you know that came from one tradition, but it, it's part of the common human experience of this is a good way of bringing silence to the mind. Right. Uh, and, and the second question you'd asked was that was on the spirituality point Are there other science things. I kind of got into that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, so hopefully that answers answers. both. great. Points. Yeah. And if absolutely. anyone has like further questions about mindfulness or, or you know, I think that, my image of mindfulness is something very simple and that anytime you drop anchor in the present moment to just be in what is you're practicing mm-hmm. mindfulness. And I think it's good to do that while walking. You mentioned you do that while running. Yeah. You know, And so, but that's the idea is that you just try to stay in the present moment and what is to keep your task attention engaged and you get this wonderful freedom from worrying about yourself, freedom from ruminating, you, know, you don't create problems yeah. with your own thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've been practicing for five. I mean, I kind of started doing mindfulness and headspace f- five years ago or something. And it's wow. really just helped me and developed um, in new ways, helping me to work better, be more engaged with the present moment in all areas of life. So highly recommended to get started with that yeah. doing and actually do it before the golden hour
1: yeah um, but don't think you need any special ways of doing it or you have right. to get a subscription exactly. to something i just think that keep it very simple yeah. and you don't need to do be listening every time to a script
0: yeah. exactly cool all right well thanks so much kevin um thank you and we'll be we'll be back next week Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out optimwork.com for a set of online tools to help you engage challenge in your life. See you next week.